Hello and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson and with me tonight is my good friend Schnell. How you doing, buddy? Uh, hiding in the basement. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, any particular reason? Uh, certain parts of Wisconsin were getting hit by like 60 mile an hour gusts of wind and storm. Oh, wow. Crap today. Yeah, we've got a little bit of rain, but we don't have much of a storm going yet. Well, yeah, you're also like 100 miles south. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the great the great city of Trivers. Uh, I lost power for a tiny little bit today while I was at the store, and the wind uh, had things just like blowing about the street. I saw a bird in midair trying to fly against the wind and it made no progress for like that is one of my favorite things to watch yeah it was weird and i felt super (laughs) bad and then he ducked across the street to like an awning by the uh the bar nearby so he got to safety oh excuse me that's good but yeah it's gonna be like a a super short-lived storm but it was rolling across wisconsin today so nice nice um so you know, we're all still all still sitting here, stuck in our houses. Ikoria, the release has been pushed, um, unless you play Arena or Magic Online. So or what, what have from, you... You're in Asia? Or Japan. Yeah, Asia, yeah, Asia. and Japan, yep. I think, got their stuff I already. I believe so. Yeah, they had their pre-release on the regularly scheduled weekend. Uh, what, what have you been up to otherwise? I mean, how is um, Magic filling your time right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh sorting sorting a couple of magic cards uh moving the store's collection out of the store for the time being uh into my car for mobile purposes and then starting probably tomorrow or Wednesday I'm just bringing everything to my house so that I can keep a keep a better inventory and keep track of things and help people get the cards that they're still looking for. Cause I do still have customers messaging me going, Hey, uh can I get, you know, two of these, four of these Six of those. I'm like, what? And sure. Like, oh, sorry. Three of those. So anytime somebody asks for more than a playset of something, I always have to clarify, unless it's like Relentless Rats. In which case it's, <laughs> how many Relentless rats, rats do you currently have? I will take all of them. And the last person yeah, it's said a little, that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I had to call him out on it because I'm like, I have like 80 Relentless Rats right now. And he goes, oh, shit. No, I, I need like I need like 28. <laughs> like, okay, good. <laughs> I need the same amount of um, Relentless Rats as the uh, Shadowborn Apostles go into your typical A3O stack. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think it's usually like 28 or some obscene number of people running A3O. I, 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 built, I built Relentless Rats once in EDH, and I think, uh, what the hell's the name? It's a mono black commander, Marin, Melen. Uh, you don't get, nobody gets a draw step, but instead everyone just tutors each turn. You know what? Oh, okay. About? I know what you're talking about. I yeah. do, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's it's Lorwyn era, probably Shadowmore because it's. I'm picturing the art. It's like a green-skinned elf lady with horns. Um, anyway, uh, she was thrown in as the commander just because the deck is like 65 uh, relentless rats, thrumming stone, a couple of tutors, and then just swamps. And she is the commander in case I don't get any of the other tutors so that I can play her and then next turn get and play Thrumming Stone and drop a rat and just poop out the entire rat deck pile. Yeah, then then just play your whole deck. <laughs> yeah. It is, nice. it is a one-trick pony, and I've played it a couple of times, and it works two-thirds of the, the, the time I, I've actually uh, tried it. It's very entertaining when it goes off. Because then it just goes, okay, uh, since it's a May effect, I'm going to go until I have, we'll say, all of the rats on the field. 60. <laughs> Can anyone stop me? <laughs> right, exactly. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> three of them Three of them don't have summoning sickness, so everyone's getting lethal if they don't block. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, rats Rats are fun in concept, but uh, they do need a lot of support cards. I do know one of the guys at the shop who was building, uh, I think he went with Rat Colony instead of Relentless Rats. But he oh, had nice. Massacre, Massacre Girl was the uh, commander. And Massacre Girl was the commander because he just needed a built-in board wipe if he ever needed to like reset things. If, they, like, if it wasn't going the way he wanted, he would just cast his commander. Enough uh, rats would die that he could just chain and kill everything and then start over. 
That's really smart. Yeah, yeah I have board white built in that way. Like if you're if you're running that particular deck, that's an interesting way to do it. I like that. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, just creature swarm, which in its in itself is okay, and then the commander ties in with that as a board wipe. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's neat. I've I haven't seen anyone do that. That's cool. I like that. Have you been? Have you had a chance to like uh, play any magic? Uh, not outside of the games we've played, which have been fantastic. <laughs> I really need. Yeah. That. I, I need more well, of it. That, and you yeah. guys bailed on me last night, but that's okay. You got excuses. You got well, we're going to play after this. Okay. Um, it was fun last week. I mean, we had we had what three games that night, and I think we each won one of them. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Because you and I, well, the first game was you and I. Yes. And uh, I played Darian, and you played one of the gods, right? Scorpion um, god. Yes, I ran my scorpion god deck, which started working. I think I ran that all night. Yeah, I think you did too. You might have changed it for the last game. You might have. Yeah, did you yeah, go to Scarab God? No, I didn't build. Scarab no, you ran. God. No, you oh. ran something different. Yeah, uh, I don't remember Scorpion now. God, and then oh my uh, five color progenitus oh, like yes. artifact thing, which didn't get no. Uh, it was it was my silly enchantments and mana production. The entire point of that deck is to just pick things during my upkeep and not have to like worry about casting spells or making other important decisions. It just has every single enchantment. Like uh, if you remember from apocalypse, the sanctuaries, Seda, Raka, Anna, all of those are during your upkeep. If condition is met, do this. If two conditions are met, do more of this. Uh, so I have all five of those, all five of the Hondans from Kamigawa. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Paradox Haze, which I absolutely love that enchantment. It's uh, blue and two, if I remember correctly, and Enchanted Player gets a second upkeep. So every upkeep I have triggers, and I try to get multiple upkeeps. It's also the deck that I run the epic spells in, because the white epic spell uh, searches for an enchantment or artifact and puts it on the battlefield. Actually, oh, that's right. Enchantment. Uh, but either way, I just keep pumping out enchantments and each turn it's like okay i'm gonna gain six life and deal five damage to that creature and this thing will get plus five plus five and i'll you know do this that and the other thing and then main phase happens and i don't do shit and then maybe i'll attack but none of the deck takes place during the the main phase all the important stuff is upkeeps and it's fun but it did not go off at all yeah yeah no that was neat to i I like that deck that was fun to play against um because we did that. That was the last game. And you, you played that. I played Atraxa. And Tej played <laughs> Corvold. Yes. Yeah, because he, cause he ended up sacrificing everything. Because he, he sacrificed like a shitload of lands to Corvold with uh, whatever that spell. Uh, I can't think of the name of the spell now. Um, that let him pitch like 16 lands. And he, yeah. you know, he, he beefed him up and got Trample on it. And that's how you guys knocked me out. Yep. Uh, and well, then it was real you, quick after you that. You cast Living won. Death, didn't you? No, Teej cast Living Death. He cast Living Death, and you just get, sacrificed because, your board state in response, yeah, which was ah, oh, that was frustrating. That was to watch, awesome. But I didn't want. I don't. I don't like chiming <laughs> in during other people's turns when it's hey, why are you casting this spell? It's gonna help him more than it helps you. No, nope, I'll just say yeah, because angrily. I forget twiddle. what I had on the on the board. I, well, I know I had Odric Lunark Marshall on the board, and then I had uh, Sheldred? No, Elishnorn. So I sacrificed yeah. Elishnorn and I sacrificed Odric <laughs> yeah. so that they were in my graveyard when the spell resolved. So they oh, came God, back. That was so fucking frustrating. <laughs> and that basically <laughs> that was... kept any of my like little creatures or my um, yeah, any of my like physical threats at that point because mo- the entire the entirety of the creature base in that deck is the uh, Ravnica artifacts that all turn into like this one becomes like a, a two one with uh. Untouched, unblockable, and this one becomes a, a 2-2 first strike, and all just little piddly little, like, guild-related artifacts, because it's five-color. So, everything that turns into uh, artifacts that turn into creatures is the extent of my creatures, and every single one of them, had I activated them, uh, Elish Norn would have just said, okay, you're dead now. <laughs> yep, and goodbye. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that really shut down a good part of that game uh getting her early that helped a lot and then game two i think you ran the scorpion god twice and t yes ran, hey, maybe one, you ran and, one and twice, two cause... one and two was scorpion god game three was uh progenitus 
That's right, because game two is the one that I won because I played that colorless Eldrazi soup deck. Yeah, and that thing was pretty what, good. What, <laughs> what, 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 well, I got lucky when I had, I, so I had the, I had, um, expedition map in my opening hand so i could just keep getting a waste every turn which helped me build up my mana base really fast <laughs> and what what did what did it in was that in my opening hand i had all drowsy conscription so when i cast Kozlik yeah. and then put that on him and then tiege had no blockers <laughs> but then i also had I, I think i think right after that is when i drew paradox engine and i or uh, sorry uh, uh planar bridge and i had a yeah, I paradox had, I engine know, 16, is 20 mana so. whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was planar bridge, and then I put down. Oh, I I Ugand. I I grabbed Ugand from the planar bridge, <laughs> yeah. and you were just like, "Yeah, this game's done." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thing. Well, you that, had that you had one creature, and I could have during my upkeep made you sacrifice a creature. Yes, because you had that really cool engine going in that game where you had whatever creature let you put a minus one minus one counter on another creature, and then on your upkeep yes. you destroyed a creature with a minus one minus one counter on it. That was. Yep. That thing had me so nervous. <laughs> yep. I was like, he's just going to pot shot my Eldrazi every time. Like, yeah, you had that 2020 Annihilator, like six, and I'm just like, okay, don't care. And then you went ahead <laughs> yep, and I'm gonna Ugin, put a minus one minus Ugin board wiped all my colors, and I had nothing left. God, yeah. It was frustrating. It was fun, but yeah, that was to have my one answer, like, ready and on the board, and then. Just showing how goddamn useful Ugin the Spirit Dragon is. Well, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll grab a Blight Steel because he's indestructible. And then I thought, wait a minute, I'll just grab an Ugin because it's a board wipe on a, on a Planeswalker. That, yeah. Luckily for me, the things that you controlled that I needed to get rid of had a small enough CMC compared to what I wanted to keep on my board yeah. that I was able to do so. Um, so, yeah, that was that was fun. It was, that was a good night of magic. That was a good solid, I don't know, three hours or whatever we played. That was a lot yeah. of fun. I need more. But that. yeah, that's I mean, that's that's all that I've played. I fussed around on Arena over the weekend. I actually so I use the every time a new set comes out, they have the play, you know, set name code where you get like three free packs or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So I used that and got three free packs of Ikoria and I opened them and then I just kept playing with the mono white devotion deck from Theros <laughs> that I've been playing for the last three months. That's the thing. Uh, I, I, I haven't like I like Ikoria looking at it, but the decks that I'm already running don't really benefit from it. So what Ikoria is gonna exactly. do is make me just build something new for it specifically. Yep, and that's how I feel too. And I think the last time, I mean, when I looked, I think I've got like 26 or 27,000 gold because I've just been hoarding it because I don't like to pay money for it. So <laughs> I wanted to save money knowing that Ikoria was coming out. I wanted to save gold um, and was like, well, I'll just get a bunch of packs. You know, what is that? 27, whatever, 27,000, 28,000. That's 27 or 28 packs. Yeah. Uh, you know, just get it then and then kind of build from there. But um, I think that that's actually kind of one of the places that I wanted to start the meat of what we were going to talk about. And one of the questions that you would ask me the other day that we thought would be a good thing to discuss here on the show was, you know, what, what should standard be and your likes, dislikes, and hopes for the format. So, um, I guess I kind of would ask you that maybe, maybe in a broader sense to start with, but I, I guess also, you know, we're going to be coming up on rotation, not till the fall. Um, yeah, we've got some time. It's going to be, it's going to be coming not too long after the next core set release. So, you know, when Zendikar rising comes out in the fall, uh, sets are going to rotate. So we're going to lose some of the stuff that I've actually really enjoyed playing since it's been out. I mean, the, I thought guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance had some really good stuff in it. And yeah, I really liked the standard environment that those sets created. Uh, I thought the elemental aspect of M19, really, or was that? No, that was 20. That was Core, core 20. 20. Core 20 had elementals. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the, the newest one. Yeah, Core 20. Because I still play my team or elementals uh, sometimes um, on, on Arena when I feel like just going wide and pooping out a bunch of elementals and smashing <laughs> stuff with Omnath. But I, I liked, I liked the difference in that they brought back my guy Soren. Uh, but you know, if, if I'm talking about it for me personally, it's, I don't play a lot of standard in paper and I, I never, I never really have outside of like pre-release or draft events. Uh, so, you know, you play a lot more than I do and you kind of always have from what I understand. So what, what do you, th I mean, what is standard to you and do you, do you like what it is or, you know, would you change it at all? Um, 
I like standard in theory, I think, more than practice. And what it boils down to is just how competitive players need to be. And I think the internet is a terrible, terrible impact on standard and competitive magic in in general because it gives everyone the ability to just filter down to the same like four if we're lucky uh otherwise three or two like top tier decks and it's just so much like uh this card is objectively better than that card don't run that card so everyone ends up building the same 90 95% of a deck and then they'll try to tweak one or two things and it boils down yep. to how well can you play the deck so standard is one of those formats where everyone like all the top players they always just try to get the same thing and then it comes down to actual player skill which is good i like that several people can have the exact same deck and have widely different results with it because they know how to run it, they know what they're running against. What I don't like is it is very, very difficult for somebody to just completely homebrew and then take a tournament by storm, because they will get knocked out by the constant refinement of what the internet has done to the format. Uh, that being said, I ha I'm, I'm continuing my, uh, I don't know, rampage crusade against planeswalkers i think planeswalkers are bad for the game and the spirit of it and the financial aspects of the game because look at the last couple of rotations between oko now getting banned and teferi in any form being expensive and format warping all the decks now are revolving around controlly planeswalkers and it's making the game just less fun and I, I would love to see Planeswalkers phased out if possible, which I know it's not possible, or at least reduced. Like, we don't need five or six Planeswalkers per set, one or two, and then don't do the shitty versions of them in the Planeswalker decks that come out. <laughs> yep. um, but I would love to see Planeswalkers just replaced with Sagas. Sagas are my favorite. I think Sagas represent exactly what they were initially thinking planeswalkers were going to do to the game because every single planeswalker has sort of their story of how they're supposed to go it's okay a couple of couple of plus ones and then a minus or a couple of plus ones and then the the ultimate and they generally were designed to you know tick up a couple of times and then kill themselves off in one big fun you know finale effect to help the player but yeah. that is not what they have become sagas tell that story specifically they can become the saga of that planeswalker and how they tried to help you can be its own story and i think that would be fantastic i like that i think that's cool combining planeswalker stuff um onto sagas because i agree with you when i really got back into magic heavily would have been when Dominaria was released that I had been far more casual uh, for a while before that. And then Dominaria came out and I got really excited about it again. And because it was like back to my plane essentially based oh, yeah. on when I started the game, you know? So I was, I was super excited. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is it. And then I was looking at the stuff and like, here's what you can expect in this set. And you know, it was, I, I think it was funny. One of my favorite things about Dominaria was how, how excited I was and how excited people were for the new Karn planeswalker. And like the set came out and Karn was like the most expensive card. And then <laughs> all of a sudden Karn fucking tanked and Teferi shot through the roof and Teferi, like you said, I mean, warped an entire format. Um, yeah. But back to Dominaria itself, I, I loved the idea of here are all these legendary creatures. I like that that was when they changed the frame because I think the legendary frame is cool. I like that effect and that touch. Yeah. It makes it easy to see what is a legend. Uh, but then, like you said, the sagas are just they're they're so cool because it is a story on a card that unfolds over three or four turns uh and and you know you look at phyrexian scriptures and how it turns things into artifacts and then suddenly your artifacts have indestructible uh and then you know destroy all non-artifacts 
uh, or artifact creatures or whatever it is that scriptures does or, you know, um, uh, history of Benalia. I mean, talk about another oh, yeah. staple of, of standard <laughs> back, back then history of well, Benalia still running along with Pioneer. legions landing and all that. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic card. I have, I have, uh, one copy of it, I think, and I've just got it sitting there for the right EDH deck because I just, I love that card. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you. I think sagas are a great invention, and I think it's a cool idea and one that I had never thought of uh, to kind of see like a Planeswalker story play out through the different chapters of a saga as that resolves. And then, like you said, you hit the final chapter, that card is then destroyed and and hits your graveyard, and, and that's it. Whereas, you know, if you've got something like the Dominaria um, Teferi, who's got, what? why can't I think of that... Um, Hero, Hero of Dominaria, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> that Teferi, or or even um, New Teferi from War of the Spark, or something like Ugin, or you know, you think of these like top tier planeswalk, Jace the Mind Sculptor, right? I mean, yeah, Jace, Jace just- Mind Sculptor is always going to be like the top top, just because he's iconic and he was the first ridiculously busted <laughs> planeswalker yeah that thing was just insane um and still is i mean you know yeah and there's a reason that it still fetches you know a couple hundred bucks uh on on the market but i i agree with you i think that's interesting and to kind of go back on another thing that you had brought up about standard is you know everything there's no everything gets so homogenized and kind of narrowed down to just a few decks and it it, I wouldn't even say just shells. It's just like you said with the internet. It's a lot of, and I'm not. I'm not saying net decking's bad. I look up decks on the internet and I get ideas and I, you know, do things. And I'm I'm not the guy who's going to sit there and tell you you're a, you're a you know shitty magic player. Stop yeah, because it, you know, like I whatever. said, it, you can have the exact same deck, and if you know how to play the game better, you will do better with the deck. Right, and maybe it maybe there's a reason that deck caught your attention, and so you play it, and you play it, and you play it, and you become a better pilot, which makes you a better player in general. And yeah. I'm all for that because magic magic should be fun to you and however you want to play it. But what I what I remember, you know, on that on that um, train of thought, I remember when the first Mythic Championship was played after Arena first came out, and we were watching it, and I remember messaging with you and Tej just going, is anyone going to play anything other than Esper Control? <laughs> and then, like, you look at the last Mythic Championship, or any of these other, uh, you know, standard standard events that are going on, and it was Jeskai Fires, you know? I mean, it's it's all, like you said, there's, there's two or three different decks, four or five if you're really lucky, and that's all it is like that's one of the reasons that i find it so painful at times to play on arena is i i i used to um when it when it first came out i really was invested i had a lot of fun playing on the ladder and trying to like rank up through the different tiers and then i just got sick of it because i played the same thing every single game yeah and especially especially in like dominaria standard it was just rdw after rdw after you know, red deck wins. It was just <laughs> unbelievable. That's all it was. And, and at least when you play, like, I don't even know what it's called anymore outside of, um, ranked, um, traditional or free play, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, <laughs> at least that is, is more people willing to take a risk and like do different things. Right. So, but even now it's still like, Oh my God, someone played a, a, a cauldron familiar turn one. I know witches ovens coming out next, you know, like it's, it's the same, it's the same shell. It's the same thing, and yeah. that to me, that to me is what makes standard um, less interesting, I guess. And you know, this is going to sound funny coming from a guy who really likes to play EDH and has invested a significant amount of money into EDH <laughs> cards. But like, I don't like how standard to me standard prices me out of the format, right? Where to the point where if I want to build an EDH deck, I invest in it. Now I've got that deck, and because it's an eternal format. I can just play it whenever I want, whereas standard is going to rotate, right? And then I invest all this money into, you know, whatever deck and who knows, you know, now if you do it in the beginning uh, before a rotation, that's great. But if a set comes out and you're like, oh, I want to get pieces from this set that's going to stay in, but also the set that's going to rotate out. Well, now you might be, you know, essentially from from a, a financial standpoint potentially you could be throwing money down the drain just because the value of the cards you purchase could drop once rotation hits yeah 
unless they're good enough to become staples in you know modern EDH, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah. that's not always the case. So I guess that's one of the things that I didn't, you know, me personally, that doesn't necessarily draw me in and almost I don't want to say repel because that's a strong word but makes me hesitant to play standard like if I'm if I'm with a group of people and somebody's like hey I got this deck do you want to play of course I'm going to play you know what I mean like I want to play magic but for me as far as like what I'm going to spend my money on uh, when the game where the game is concerned it's not always going to be standard and I I do like to buy when a set releases I like to play pre-release I like to buy a box so I can get a decent amount of cards from that set Um, but I'm not chasing you know, um, a, a playset of everything that you know you need to make, you know, Jeskai fires or or, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So, see, and that's I don't know. Like, I I completely understand that. I've never been just a single format player, but I am very patient. So my usual process when a new set comes out is I will try to draft the shit out of it because. Drafting is the best format, and I will die on that hill, because it is random, it is chaotic, and it boils down to the individual players making decisions, which the game should always be about deck construction and decisions, and then playing the actual deck. You can build crap and pilot it to victory against somebody who knew exactly what they were doing in the draft and then had a little bit of bad luck or didn't expect you to do whatever the hell you just did and end up pulling out a victory. And I love that about draft because it makes you a better player in all other formats because you have to immediately assess card value and strategic advantages and then you get to play the game and it's different every single time then after drafting several times i'll start taking the stuff that i enjoyed playing in draft and i'll build a standard deck around it um i i generally try to um not well i i've always had the shortcoming of every time a new set comes out i forget all the other sets that are in that format when i start building with it and I'll, like, kind of have blinders <laughs> yeah, on and be like, ah, oh, god damn it. Uh, but the problem is, like, right now, as we were saying, I've got I've got blue-black mill in standard, and I love that deck. It is stupid. It is fun. Uh, it pisses people off because they don't expect it very often, even though there's a ton of really good uh, mill right now. But yeah, there is. I love playing where where we're interacting and doing stuff. Like I don't want to do control because that'll just upset everyone. It's boring to run and it's it's annoying to play against. But mill, I love because I get to see all their cards. They get the experience of playing against a controlling player, but they're basically just racing me in a different like structure. Because I'm giving you a sixty point head start, or well you know 30 yeah well and you're i mean you're not you're not you're not countering every spell that they play oh yeah uh, oh you yeah might, you might be affecting their ability to play mana that, if you're milling a ton of mana and maybe said, they can't I cast that love, way but i do love the card didn't say please <laughs> counters and mills that card's hilarious and has the most annoying title of any card sorry didn't say please countered but anyway so <laughs> that's a card I that i like to use myself <laughs> But I hate when people play it against me because I'm like, God, that stupid fucking card. <laughs> and then I, I rage inside my head like when yeah. I play online. But anyway, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, No, no, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I will draft as much as I can, get a bunch of cards, use those to start building or modifying my standard decks and try to continue drafting while playing standard like throughout the you know life expectancy of the set. And then by the end, I will have a playset or two of whatever it is that I liked out of that set. And if it becomes a factor in some of the eternal sets, now I've got it. I've had it from draft. I've had it from standard. Now I can just like shoehorn it into whatever modern deck or pioneer deck that, you know, is now available. And drafting is always fantastic for random one ofs for EDH and EDH. I will agree with you is wonderful. I will always, I will always play EDH. I have like 50 decks, but if we can draft, I'll draft. I even love yeah, like and goofy, like we had that one episode about just goofy, like single or uh, two player draft formats. And like, yeah, that's day, fun too. Yeah. The day after that, uh, we posted that episode, I had somebody come into the store and ask about 
Like, oh, well, it's just the two of us. I don't know what we can do. And I'm like, okay, it's all fresh in my mind from last night. Here's what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Shuffle up, partner. Yeah, we're doing this. It's happening. Can I play? Now you have three players. (laughs) And I like what you said about how draft gives you opportunities to throw together a pile of stuff that, you know, are, are cards that are attractive to you for whatever reason that maybe, you know, you're not obviously because you're so limited, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, the strongest deck in a standard pool, but you're playing limited and maybe there's somebody who pulled, you know, some, some pretty good gas and they're pretty excited about their, their deck. And I remember this happened, uh, God, it must've been corset 20, maybe 2019. Now I don't remember. I think we talked about this actually on, on an episode of the show, but I ended up building a green black deck because I had a card that had death touch. And then I, I ended up drawing like a play set of rabbit bites and it it, rabbit bite isn't fight. It deals damage. So Ah, I just had my, I had like my, my one, I think it was vampire, the dire moon. So maybe it was (laughs) corset 2020. Okay. Uh, So I had these little one, one death touches that I would just have rabbit bite, whatever big, huge thing my opponent had. And you know, it's such a limited environment that they've only got a couple bombs uh, as far as creatures go. So once those were gone, you know, now they're all pissed off because they're, you know, their win cons are now in the graveyard because I had rabid bite and a card with death touch. So I do really love the variability that you get um, in a, in a booster environment. So I do like that about standard sets is, is drafting them. That's a ton of fun. Yeah. But as far as like a standard 60 card format, you know, going to go play F and M standard kind of a thing. Um, just not necessarily my cup of tea, <laughs> but no, that's fair. We, we, uh, we established and uh, we have, numerous times probably every single episode now that we all love edh so another thing that you had brought up because i was talking about um my thoughts on the fact that icoria is so icoria lair of behemoths the standard set is releasing alongside commander 2020 which is the flagship commander product for the year but there are i think 17 icoria cards or or maybe it's just 17 new cards i don't know but cards from standard are in these commander decks and i was talking about how i don't like how many of them they put in and i understand that you know there's new mechanics like mutate uh that they're you know they build a mutate deck so you you can't really have one without the new cards in it right um and whether or not some of, you know, they should have been all just to the commander set for the mutate ones that are in that deck, or should you have a combination of both, whatever. I just didn't like it because I felt like, uh, when w- much like we were talking a while ago now on the show about how some of the rules for the commander league that Wizards is now going to be starting seem to be tied to standard themes, uh, such as some of the things from Theros, I am afraid that this is now going to be an an evergreen thing. It's always going to tie into a set release and we're always going to be forced into that. Now, that being said, <laughs> no one's making me go buy these precons. <laughs> no one says every time commander releases precon, you know, magic uh, releases new commander precons, you have to buy all of them. But I do because I love EDH and that's one of the ways that I choose to, you know, spend my money when it comes to, to money that I invest in the game. So, it's it's something that I might complain about, but I don't really know that I necessarily have a limit as to where I'll be like, well, I'm not playing this game because <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's FOMO or what, um, but I just get really excited and I want the new commander stuff. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of reprints uh, and this time we got some good reprints. Some Odyssey lands were reprinted. Arcane Signets, obviously back. You know, uh, there's some really cool new cards um, from the commander set specifically that I'm excited about. Uh, but you know, I just, it's, it's commander, so I'm, I'm going to buy it. So I, I prefer that there are no standard cards in EDH (laughs) precons and leave that for brawl, but that's just my opinion. And I'm curious as to what you think about that. Well, on that, on that note, uh, do we know if we're going to get any more brawl stuff with Ikoria? I don't remember seeing anything. No, I don't think so. They haven't announced anything like okay. they did with Eldraine, where we got the the four new commanders uh, yeah. for the P- Brawl precons. But they haven't said anything about what's coming with Zendik. Well, I guess they said we get commander decks replacing the Planeswalker decks, but they haven't said anything about... There's been no new Brawl products announced, let's yeah. put it that way. Maybe, maybe they're giving up on Brawl again and just 
trying to trying to appease both crowds by putting standard stuff into commander so that you have a head start towards a brawl deck or a standard deck or a good commander deck right out of the box with just a single purchase it checks sure. more boxes i sure. think the way they're it, they're doing it with icoria i can absolutely understand your frustration not wanting to get into standard or wanting to feel more special with your purchase perhaps well and and maybe maybe <laughs> i'll change my tune a little bit i guess it's not so much that, like i don't know and i i can't even give you a legitimate reason as to why i feel that way i just do um maybe i'm just being curmudgeon about it i don't know but i i guess maybe i'll reserve like final judgment or final opinion on it until we get uh commander legends because you know as long as that's not tied to standard stuff and that becomes a product that I don't know, not necessarily annually, but once every year and a half or every two years, we get, you know, some Commander Legends coming out. I just think I'm, I'm so excited for that. I think it's such a cool <laughs> idea. I can't wait to draft Commander. I've never bought a case of booster boxes before, but this might be the first time I do. <laughs> just because I love Commander. I love this idea. I'm, re- you know, we already know Baron Sanger's getting reprinted, but, but and, and, and Jessica's coming back. But what we don't know is... Are, are is it just new art on the cards or are we getting like new versions of these creatures you know so it'll be interesting to see um i guess i'm okay i guess i would be more okay with it in pre-cons as long as things like commander legends don't have standard legal cards in them um because they're not to, to me standard isn't legends yet i don't know and maybe again that's, that's me being you know playing on semantics and, and not liking <laughs> it but you know there's 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 25 years of the game to pull from here please don't disappoint me and throw standard chaff into you know what has the <laughs> opportunity to be such a really cool like expansive all encompassing all-encompassing you know reprint set i'm I'm just mystery booster was bonkers i can't wait to pick up another box of that from you and i just hope that i I have your box in my trunk whenever you feel like making the drive up or convince me to drive down there so and that's that's the last one i have on hold before uh wizard sends out their allocations or my distributor reopens and has more potentially because nice. I made a priority nice. list in order, of, in order with everyone who asked me for more uh, mystery boosters. So everyone was limited to one ofs. Do you have any idea how much you're getting from Wizards yet? Uh, right now, I think the allocation is at nine boxes. Nice, nice. That's another. That's a good chunk. Yeah. Well, and for having um, a for having a smaller store, the amount of events that I have that f- like go off regularly has helped bump me up relative to uh, like promos and other allocations. Because um, from what I saw on Facebook, some of the other stores that I've I don't know exactly where they are, how big they are square footage wise, but they were saying like, oh, it's cool that uh, Wizards is sending us like five or six boxes for, you know, our allocations. And I'm just like, I'm getting more than you. I'm not going (laughs) to say that, but I am. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and it Um, speaks to your players too, you know, which is great that you've got an active community in the store. That's awesome. Yeah. Not a big town, but a lot of nerds. And that's good. That's what you want. Yeah, the, the 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 people who do come are are very engaged, and that's you know that's one of the reasons that when pre, you know obviously I like to play with you and teach because you guys are my friends and I want to support your store, um, but like I also enjoy playing with everybody else who goes to the store when there are pre-release events. Like, you know, I'm not necessarily like friends with some of these people, but you know I like to go up and and see them and say hey and and play with them and you know talk and and see what they're up to and it's yeah. it's it's a fun environment. I I enjoy it a lot. So. Nice. Um, but back to the talking point, which I don't know if you yes. actually, uh, asked it the way I intended it. My oh, quest- sorry. You asked me question- the way you intended it. My question, uh, pro- proposed to the Facebook messenger group was how many, how many cards do you have to want out of an EDH precon before you buy that precon for those cards? I see. Um, well, I yeah, think I already I, gave my answer away as zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I mean, luckily, Wizards is good at printing cards that I think get 
uh, a wide variety of players interested. And for me, just because I know I'm going to buy it anyway, I would say like one card uh, that I really want is enough to get me hyped over it. Um, But I also think in the same regard, one card is enough for me to be like, man, this is really dumb. Like I know some people, it's kind of got a cult following, but like Pramicon from last year, I was just like, but why? Like I just Pramicon's don't. the the Jeskai wall, right? Yeah, God, I was just I, like what what I because that's the thing that that's the thing that turns play around, right? No, uh, <laughs> or no, that's that's that artifact. You yeah, there's the artifact that uh, it's like Aeon Flux or something. I don't yeah, know that, that yeah, was. whatever. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that, that, that was, thing. Pramicon was the one. If I'm thinking of it correctly, it's the choose left or right. That's and it. Players yeah. can only attack in that attack direction. that way. That's it. And I, I like I... like the face commander, the face commander, Elsha of the Infinite. That thing is awesome. And then I was like, but you put this crap in there. You know yep. what I mean? I um, I cracked that one open for an event we were doing at the store, and I played it, and I immediately took Elsha out because I'm like, okay, I like this commander, so I'm not going to run it. I'm going to run the dumb wall. And then every time <laughs> I cast my commander, I'd make some stupid political joke. It's <laughs> just like, okay, <laughs> Building choose the wall. left or right. Well, I'm going to choose alt-right. <laughs> Does everyone know what that is? <laughs> you can only attack two places to the right. They're like, it's not on the card. Fine, I choose right. Okay. <laughs> What about, I mean, what uh, about you? Like, I kind of went off on a tangent, and obviously no, I'm going to buy it because the reason, I want it. But. The reason, <laughs> the reason I, I I propose it, and it's not necessarily just for you or I to answer. It could be for one of our eight listeners um, to, to just sort of think about, because I have been selling EDH precons for, I don't know, 10 years almost now. It's ridiculous. Actually, probably longer than that with all the game stores I've worked at and or owned. Um, but I see people constantly talk about, ah, don't buy, don't buy product, don't buy, buy the singles. Don't, don't get the boxes, get the singles, get exactly what you want and don't spend a penny more. And then there was stuff like, um, true name nemesis. And when true name nemesis came out in the, whatever commander set that was, uh, true name nemesis was selling as a single for more than it cost you to buy the entire deck that it came in. And I could not understand that. And there were still people that are like, eh, I don't want all those extra cards. I just want the true name nemesis. Can you crack it open and sell me the true name? B- yes, absolutely. <laughs> like if, <laughs> if you want to pay more for a single piece of what I'm trying to sell for you for cheaper, yes, fine. I'll explain it once and then I'll feel justified and move on with my life. But uh, like when uh, Erebo, the, uh, the cat commander deck came out. Yeah. That was another K-Cat, one. Cat, 2017. A couple, yeah, a couple of people went, eh, well, cats, whatever, don't care. And then people started building that deck a year or two or three later. And the singles, I don't know if you've looked at the singles from that deck. If you reconstruct from that whole that thing, release. I, well, yeah, but I mean, if you, if but, you yeah, went ahead and the equipment, like, the artifacts that from that one deck, deck I think, yep. yeah, I think you're going to run like two, three hundred dollars. Because yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, has just gone up ridiculously, and yet people yeah, will like hammer ah, 35 forty dollars. Oh God, there's so many good things in there. Yeah, the the ancestry stuff. Oh the yeah, cat yep, tribal. Yep. And yeah, that I, I that... try. Hmm. I was just gonna say that whole. That whole suite, um, you know, and say what you will about Eminence abilities. I know it turns off a lot of people. Um, I hate but, Eminence. But the 2017 <laughs> That being said, I've got decks, two copies of Erebo. <laughs> the 2017 decks were awesome, and they're all really fun to play with. I The Erdragon deck is great, and it doesn't take much to tweak the mana base to make it even better. And you basically don't have to change anything out of it. Uh, you know, it plays really fun out of the box. Edgar Markov played a really fun out of the box. Arabo was a oh, blast yeah. out of the box. Wizards was a little bit off. Like yeah, Wizards, it, just, it didn't Wizards have the raw. It didn't the have the raw worst. power. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, it just didn't have the raw power. It, it had a lot. It could do cool things, but it needed the most work as far as uh, upgrades in order to tune it into something that got a little bit closer to the power level of the other decks. But that being said, I still loved playing the Wizards deck. Yes, and uh, but, I mean that was a fun that was a fun um, 
episode of our other podcast too that we did when we played that game um or sorry when we played oh, that yeah. release uh just straight <laughs> yeah, out of the did. box that was a ton of fun it was a ton oh of fun. yeah i had cats for that one and i think i yep. did i win that one uh yeah, you did. did it was down to you cats. and my brother i think i think it was cats and cats. vampires at the end Cats and vampires in the end, and cats won because Zendikar resurgence and the ability for the cats to just keep popping out more cats. Yep. Well, and you got—I <laughs> remember off the top of my head—you got, um, God, what's the Argentum armor? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you started the game with it, but you had that thing on the board <laughs> so early, and everyone was just like, "Oh, great, here we go." You yeah. had uh, that and Quietus Spike, and it was like, oh, great. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Luckily, I had a Nev's Disc, I think, if I remember correctly, and I ended up blowing up everything lot to of save the table. But yeah, yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. Oh, that was good. But no, I, I bring it up because there's always people who hem and haw about, I don't want to buy the deck for, you know, I don't, I don't want to buy the deck because there's only a few things I'm looking for. And in the end, they always, they always turn out to be good investments in the long run. And... Now, more than anything, and I'm going to say this not only because I believe in it, but it's also going to transition into the third and final, the third talking point that I think I I posted. Um, if you, even if you're unsure about it, if you can afford it, go to your local game store and buy whatever commander deck or whatever precon is even remotely interesting to you, because if you can afford it, they could absolutely use the support even beyond right now, just in general. If you're ever going to consider it, or if you ever just want an extra deck to throw at somebody who's interested in playing EDH, go, hey, here's a pre-con, you can borrow this, jump in the game, play it, try it, and then maybe they'll buy it from you, maybe they'll trade stuff with you, maybe you'll make a new friend. There's no reason not to just go, eh, I'm going to pick up an uh, EDH deck today, eh, I'm going to pick up a, a pre-con for Brawl, whatever. Do it. Impulse buys are fantastic. And your local game store absolutely appreciates it. Yeah, and that that brings up a good point too. Is you know beyond beyond that, one of the reasons for me personally is I go I, I buy these decks, uh, you know, and then I've got extra sleeves or whatever. I'll sleeve them up, and then now I've got pre-made a hundred card commander decks ready to go. So if somebody we either want to play a quick game or it's somebody who's new and wants to learn, or it's somebody who wants to play but doesn't oh, yeah. have a deck with them. Now I don't have to fuck around, and I've got a deck that's ready to go. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it it doesn't match the level of some of the the, the custom decks that I've built, but that's <laughs> not the point. Um, you know, and it's a good way to, to teach players. You know, I remember uh, when the 2018 stuff was released, my, I, my brother wanted to play, and he hadn't played Magic um, well, I mean, we played the Commander 2017 stuff, and I'm and I know we played Explorers of Ixalan together, but he hadn't played much since then. And then he wanted to play after the 2018 stuff was released, so I gave him Wind Grace, and I played with I don't know Sahili or or no, I think I played Estrid. Whatever, doesn't matter. But okay, you know, just yeah. have to have that opportunity to be able to say, oh yeah, they're in my backpack. Let's let's shuffle them up. You know, like I like to to have a couple of those uh, ready to go and on hand. Plus then. Maybe I don't need it right now, but in the future, maybe I'm going to build something where I want cards that are from it. So, you know, um, I have that that Nicol Bolas discard deck, and I needed a Rixmati Dungeon Palace. Well, I proxied it because I didn't have one, and then it was reprinted in the Anya Falconrath, so now I have one. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like. You, yeah. you never know when, or Yavamaya Coast, or Lana War Waste, or, you know, some of those things that get printed, reprinted down the road that you're like, oh shit, I need another, another one of those. Well, now because I have that deck, I can put a different land in its place in that deck, or I've just got it there to like piecemeal out. So, and like you said, when you, when you buy it for parts, uh, you're still supporting your local game store, which is your place to go and play, you know, when we can finally play Magic the Gathering again, uh, you know, in, in person. <laughs> yes, as I saw online, that's your place Magic to go and the do actual it. gathering. Yeah, I saw that too. That was funny. <laughs> um, you know, and and so yeah, like you said, support support your store, support your local community, uh, and and you know, just buy buy it from there and bring a friend. You know, whether they're into the game or not, te- teach them the game. There's there's free ways to play. Um, as far as the the little aren't they like 40 card intro decks or something that wizards gives for free there I mean, are like, and w yeah wpn stores should have them available if not you can ask them and then they'll get them in 
Yeah, so use that as a gateway drug, or you know, I mean, otherwise, because <laughs> I mean, yeah, some, we're all know, addicted to this same cardboard right. crack. So, <laughs> right, puff, puff, exactly. Ass. Exactly, as the kids say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I think I. I you know, it, it is what it is. Everybody's opinions are going to be different, uh, but I think it's it's good to talk about them. You know, and it's it's just good to get that out there. And I'm I'm excited. I you know obviously I pre-ordered through you my not so local game store. <laughs> um, <laughs> Emotionally uh, you know, close. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, my local best friend game store, and and I can't wait to get my hands on them when we finally get our hands on them, uh, yeah. since it's all been kind of pushed back. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited that there's five decks this year, so they got to do cool stuff with a color pie, and it's color color pie, color wheel, whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> I'm I'm super excited to see how these things play like out of the box. That's one of my favorite parts of when these decks release, getting a pot of four people together, everybody plays one of the new decks and then just see how they act out of the box. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to do that. Hopefully at some point in early summer, you know, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see how the world is doing at that point. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next year we'll, we'll just scratch this year. We'll <laughs> right. We'll just do uh, commander 20 on Saturday and commander 21 on Sunday next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I think I think that's a good place to uh, to wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no. I think we I think we hit all the the points, all the high notes. San, yeah. yeah. Sans tige. So I no agree. I think those were. Yeah. No. We'll save that for later. He'll. I'm sure he'll have something to bitch about. He usually does. <laughs> uh, he'll, but those he'll were listen great. To those were great ideas, and, and then I'm immediately that. just go. You guys are idiots. Thank you, Teach. <laughs> yeah, here's a. <laughs> I'm glad though that I'm glad that you uh, intervened and made me show restraint though, and not just like answer the questions and then completely forget about them down the road, and that we were able to talk about them on the show. <laughs> yeah. I need to uh, take a breath more often because <laughs> this was yeah, this is was, a good discussion. That was painful explaining to you that it was no 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 no. Think about this. Talk right. To me this is later. a thought exercise. We're going to talk about it on a. <laughs> You're on, just like, on, in the, no, I want to answer studio. it now. I want to answer it now and then never again. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Exactly. Well, like I said, thank you for the ideas. Thank you for sitting down and talking with me. And thank you to our listeners for listening. Make sure that you guys tell a friend and rate, review, and subscribe. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You know the spiel. Anywhere you guys consume podcasts, uh, you can find us there. Check out our social channel on Facebook at Homebrew Magic. And remember, do not drink and scry. Also, uh, look for my upcoming album of songs I shouldn't play on the Rupee Ocarina coming coming to you soon. <laughs> I'm totally going to link that in the show notes, by the way. That's because fine. you need to hear this guy's rendition of My Heart Will Go On <laughs> on a Rupee Ocarina. It's the most it's the most beautiful thing you'll ever hear. So once once this episode ends, uh, click on that link and get your ears ready for another tasty treat. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys again in a week. <laughs>